0: Welcome to the Motor Mouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. We've partnered with the Brain Tumor Charity, a cause we care deeply about. And this March is Brain Tumor Awareness Month. And we'll be sharing a couple of special podcasts uncovering those within the motorsport community who've been affected by these devastating diagnoses. Plus, the Brain Tumor Charity is also running the Conquer the Challenge, from March through to May a virtual fundraiser for those fitness inclined and there's a leaderboard so if you're competitive then this is definitely for you all the details are at thebraintumorcharity.org together we can help every single person affected by a brain tumour This season, we're delighted to be teaming up with Grid Rival. If your football mates are constantly going on about their fantasy leagues, well, now you can get your own back and create your own racing fantasies. Thanks to Grid Rival, including F1 and MotoGP, you can select your own teams and drivers, interact with other fans, and join or create your own leagues where you can trade on the go to make sure you have the ultimate lineup for every race. If you're as obsessive about motorsport as we are, make sure you set up up on GridRival today head to their website gridrival.com or download their app from your app store 2021 leagues are now live so download the app set up your own league or you can join ours come on have a go with us just search for motormouth official select your team and drivers and we'll see who comes out on top Welcome
1: to the Motor Mouth podcast and before we introduce today's guest I need to once again head over the airwaves to the lovely English county of Essex home to Leia Marnie Tower the largest Tudor gatehouse in Britain with a total of 99 steps to the top which was built in the early years of Henry VIII's reign. Did you know that Harry Benjamin and how are you?
0: No I did not I'm very well thank you and you you're really pulling out of the bag with your Essex facts I really thought they'd all dried up but you you've done well you've it's 50 no plus 60 episodes now and you're still managing still going. to... to, to weasel them out um, I'm very good yeah it was groundhog day I think yesterday or the yeah. day before um, so that's very that seemed very prevalent for <laughs> the current year we're living because um, I don't really have much, that much to report to be no. honest you?
1: No same same I've been uh, I, I, today is my day that I'm supposed to look after the kids so I've had all three kids I'm, you can't see it on camera really but I'm covered in brown paint from about here Ooh, down. Lovely. So, uh, it's been one of those days so this is a good reason to escape the house and just <laughs> do something else for an hour. Um, But anyway, shall I introduce today's guest? Yeah, let's do it. So, ladies and gents, first of all, if you have young children around, I suggest you remove them from earshot if the brilliant (laughs) Netflix programme is anything to go by. We're in for the occasional slice of profanity in today's show with the standout star, in my opinion, of Drive to Survive, the boss of the Hass F1 team, Gunter Steiner, whose rise to fame came from a 30-year career that started with success in rallying where he worked his way up the ranks, picking up titles in the WRC along the way. He later moved to Banbury in Oxfordshire, just down the road from me in the heart of British Motorsport Valley, before stints with M Sport and working with the legendary Colin McRae. It was 2001 when F1 came calling in the form of Jaguar Racing and again in 2005 with Red Bull. Fast forward a few years and he's the man tasked with bringing success to the first US-led F1 team since 1986,
0: Günther Steiner. Welcome to the
1: Motorman Man Podcast.
0: Hi everybody, good to be here. Gunther, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, now, off there you were interviewing us, so now it's our turn to do <laughs> to interview you. Um, and I want to start straight from well, uh, not to make you feel old, but I want to go back to to when it all started. Born in uh, 1965, we'll whisper that. Um, what was what was life like to begin with? It and wh- wh- where were the signs that you know you would go off into this motorsport community? Were there any signs? No, actually, I mean, you know, you make me feel really old now, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: we were there before, you know, so, uh, because I think now 65 I was born, so, but anyway, I still feel young, you know, uh, uh, in my head anyway, my body maybe not, but and that's so, why is... <laughs> uh, I, I, I was born, uh, uh, my hometown is, uh, is Merano, Merano, whatever we want to call it, and it's in the middle of the mountains, uh, there is no motorsport there, there was... Uh, Oh, I don't think it's it's not done anymore, uh, even that one. There was one race because it was prohibited because of uh, environmental reasons. And uh, my family, uh, there is very f- uh, little motorsport in that area. It's all about skiing, you know, that area. So mm-hmm. I don't know how I got the, the buck, uh, but uh, as, as a kid, I always loved it. I watched it on TV and I always passed up my dad to take him to the one race, which was in the region, you know, which is a hill climb race, you know, European Championship, uh, and there it started, but I don't know where it came from. The back, uh, where I got it. Did you nothing in the family? No, nothing in the family. Nothing. No. Uh,
1: did you uh, from... did you go to university or study uh, like mechanical engineering or, or anything like that that would hint at it, or or did you just fall into the, the rallying scene in '86 and and then away you went?
2: Yeah, I just fell into it. I I was interested. I worked with cars and then I did my national service at the time. In the old days, you don't remember, you still had to go to the army for a year, 12 months of of army, you know. And and then I came back and I I just looked around and uh, found an advert in a a magazine that uh, they were looking for rally mechanics in Belgium. I applied and got the job there where it started in 90, no. Eight eighty six. eighty yeah. six. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Yeah, in eighty six in the good old Group times. Yeah, rallying.
1: yeah, yeah. And take us through those early years in rallying. I mean, you you fairly quickly had had some success, and it was only a couple of years, two or three years, before you moved up from mechanic to assistant team manager. It, it, is that as big a jump as it sounds? What what were you sort of your what were your roles during those first few years? I would
2: say in the in the old days there there, there was uh, bigger opportunities as well. Uh, uh, you know, you just needed to be uh, uh, brave and do things, and for sure you needed to do them well, and then people recognized you because there wasn't many people around. And I got involved. I, I embraced uh, uh, my surroundings uh, in motorsport, and uh, uh, it's, 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 it just all went. People ask, did you did you focus on something? No, it just things happened. You know there were opportunities, and I took it. And that's what I always say: uh, uh, opportunities come along in the way. You just need to make sure that you get uh, that you take them when they are around. You know, and uh, for sure they don't come uh, without taking risks. But uh, I am I, I, not afraid to take uh, uh, some risks, and uh, it, it just. Always was very natural, my moves, you know. Uh, there was always people needed, and I maybe had at the time uh, uh, one advantage. I, I grew up in an area where you uh, where, where you speak uh, Italian and German, and you know the culture as well, you, you know, where, where I grew up. So yeah. that helps yeah. you when you go, go on. And then for me to learn English was, I would say, pretty easy. I still don't speak it properly, but uh, <laughs> it's enough to get along with, you know. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, uh, and, and that was at the time an advantage because there was not many people around at my age which, which spoke uh, more yeah. than uh, more than one language. So, uh, all in all, and, and and I loved what I was doing. And I think that is what you need to, if you want to have success, you need to really like what you're doing, not just doing it because of, uh, of the goal of uh, uh, making a lot of money or, or getting famous. You need to- yeah embrace what you're doing
0: and uh, loving what you're doing because then, then you will be good at it. Did that help you though when it, when it came to sort of you progressed through rallying quite successfully then a big move to the UK. That must have been uh, quite quite a big move for you to join Prodrive as well with the All Star rally team in, in Banbury. How, how did that come about uh, and was it you know was that inspired by the fact that you, you were one of these you know quite talented people that could obviously know, know knew how to work a rally team and also you had the added benefit of being able to speak English quite well. Yeah, no, no it, it came along because
2: I so in Italy, the motorsport scene. I worked at Jolly Club at the time, and we were running the the, the escorts in the Italian Championship. Mm. We won it a few times, and I, I was a lot in England because we always uh, 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 rebuilt and built the cars uh, uh, up at Michael Wilson's place in Cumbria. You know, and I got to know. I knew Michael from before already. You know, so I, I got very close to him, and, uh, uh, and and at some stage, Michael said, "If uh, in your career, uh, I, I think there is." Uh, there is opportunities in the UK because Italy at the time was, was not going anymore. That the, area the, the, actually it was going backwards a little bit in motorsport, you know, right. in, in the mid nineties. So, uh, uh, at some stage, uh, you know I, know, I knew David Richards as well from the old days of rallying, you know, so uh, that opportunity came up again, and, and, and Malcolm said, hey, David is looking, because they are friends, you know, obviously, uh, uh, because they raised uh, together, uh, David is looking for somebody, maybe you should speak with him, and I went to speak with David uh, uh, one day when I was in England anyway, you know, just on the way by, got by at David's office, and then they offered me the job, and, 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 and I ended up in England, which... Uh, at the time, was maybe a, a brave move because I, I had to completely. I just bought a house in Italy, but uh, my wife was always with me. She said, "Yeah, if there's an opportunity, she didn't mind to go to England." So it was, at the time, that was my m- m- maybe my, my 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 biggest best move.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, I think there's a lot of people in motorsport. You mentioned your wife there. There's a lot of people in motorsport who have very understanding wives. I mean, let, let alone the travelling to you know twenty-three odd races a year, moving from country to country with different teams. H- how have you coped as a family with all of that? Did you just take it in your stride? I think she was always supportive of me,
2: what I'm doing because uh, when we met, I did this already because I'm doing this since more than thirty-five years now. The uh, motorsport. So I think she was a little bit used to it, and 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 uh, I think she's. A little bit adventurous and said, uh, it, "It's it's whatever happens, you know. Uh, let's move a few years to England because you always learn. You know, you, I, I think you you broaden your horizons going to a different country. You know, you just uh, it, it every day is exciting. Uh, uh, you know, if you do something new. So it, it was pretty pretty easy for her as well to move
1: with
0: me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Not long after that, you you moved to M Sport, of course, in rallying, a hugely successful team, working alongside the likes of well." not only Colin McRae, but some pretty big names. What was Colin like to, to work alongside and to see him be so successful with the team as well? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, we all know Colin and I think uh, everybody who knows rallying
2: knows Colin because yeah. he's the ultimate rally driver in my, in my book for, for for what it stands for, you know. It, it, it's like uh, the guy was, was immensely talented to drive a car. You know, I, I, I think a car without electronic aids or anything I, I think there is nobody better around than him. Oh, mm. he, uh, obviously, he's not around yeah. anymore, unfortunately. But uh, uh, it, it is like, yeah, and he was a character. I mean, he was not always easy to deal with. I mean, but I, I got on actually pretty well with him, you know. So, uh, uh, or actually very well. I mean, we, we kept in touch afterwards when I left relling and, uh, and so on. So it was a, it was a big loss because as a, as a personality, he was not only a great driver, he was also a great personality.
1: How highly do you rate him in in the rallying world? I mean, you come from a rallying background. You were there for many, many years and have seen many drivers, Carlos, Sainz and others. Where does Colin sit among the the, the all-time greats?
2: Uh, Very high. It's difficult to uh, uh, compare because I think of a natural talent the people which I know, and I don't know the uh, the new uh, the newer ones like Lurp. He's not young anymore, but uh, uh, I know him from saying hello. But I don't know, him. I never worked with him, so I don't know how how they are. But at the time, from pure talent, driving talent, uh, Colin was above everybody. Uh, a lot of other ones like Carlos, uh, for me, the talent Carlos has got, the dedication to what he does. Is second to none. I mean, it's it's a, incredible the guy, how professional the guy is, and uh, I still uh, always uh, meet up with him. Obviously, we didn't meet the last year's because uh, or the last year because of COVID. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, when he comes for his son, I always have a good time with Carlos uh, because, uh, and and you can see. He's, uh, I don't know how it is, 56, 57. Because still it still
0: racing well, isn't he? Yeah, and he's absolutely. still winning, you know. Still yeah. winning. I mean, he didn't
2: win this year, but last year he won the Dakar. I mean, yeah. look at him.
0: I mean, but he's doing it with sheer discipline and steer, uh, sheer drive. Would you ever want to go back to working in, in rallying? Uh, not saying that you want to leave Formula 1, but if the opportunity ever arose, would you be interested?
2: Uh, I, I quite, I still like rallying. I think rallying has lost a lot of... Uh, the appeal. Uh, we lost a lot of young people uh, 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 watching it, uh, which is unfortunate because I think it's a great sport. It's fantastic. Uh, I know it's very difficult to uh, uh, to, to sell, and you know uh, you need money to, to do something because of uh, uh, of a car on its own on a road somewhere nowhere. You know it's difficult to make something uh, uh, for for the spectator out of it or on on on, on the media. So, uh, but otherwise. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would return, but uh, uh, it's one of those things, you know. Uh, if the if the right opportunity comes, uh, sure. But uh, in the moment, I think rallying, rallying, should should get more credit. Yeah. Then then it gets uh, then it gets because look at the eighties, how great oh, nineties. I mean, when I was still there, rallying was uh, I mean uh, was as important as Formula One in the eighties. Hundred percent. It's yeah. funny.
1: I I remember when I was growing up in the eighties and nineties. Uh, uh, rallying seemed so much more visible then like and, and the cars you know you had the lights of McRae and the big characters and whatever and you, you had the Subarus and the Cosworths and it just seemed to be more places it seemed more accessible and it seems to have got diluted over the years maybe by the you know the rise of things like Sky and all these different channels focusing on on Formula 1 and other forms of racing which is a real pity and it, it's such a great spectacle something needs to be done to shake it up but um, you know fingers crossed we see it make a change but listen we, we want to get on to your formula one exploits but before we do i'm going to break up um situation because we have a very 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 competitive little quiz for you which uh, many of your uh, your colleagues and cohorts from the f1 paddock have taken part in so i'll hand over to my uh, lofty bearded colleague to tell you more <laughs>
0: Welcome to Motor Mouth's, the hardest quiz in motorsport because I never really know what the answers are because I just go off Wikipedia, um, so I'm relying on you to hopefully know the answers, but they should be okay because they are all to do with you and your career, so theoretically you should be able to get them, there's a big long leaderboard, 14 points up for grabs, at the moment it's actually Alexander Sims who tops the leaderboard, but we're also looking, you know, we look to Will Buxton is in 11th, Crofty, way, way down the list. I kind of he's not even on the leaderboard at the moment. And Karun Chandok,
1: Karun Chandok is still last.
0: Karun Chandok has got three and a half points. So basically, if you get more <laughs> than three and a half points, you beat Karun Chandok and you're not last. That's what I say. That's the aim. Okay. Are you ready for your first little clip
2: Oh, dear. Uh, uh, yeah I'm ready but but uh, I think I, 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 I end up with Caroon you know <laughs> quizzes, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not good at quizzes you know so I've moved that one and uh, you're going to be emb-
0: uh, embarrassing me now but hey Hey, right. well have a listen we're going to play you something have a listen to it and then all you've got to tell me afterwards is you've just got to add a bit of context for us okay so right. have a little listen to this
1: okay tell me if you need it turning up or down here it comes
0: fantastic way to hold on Guys, this is Gunther. Thank you very much. If we wouldn't have
2: a stupid, idiotic uh, uh, steward, we would be eight. Thanks. Thanks. A great job, guys. Fantastic. you know. Thanks, Kevin. Great job in driving. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thanks, buddy. What a load of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So I had to keep that last bit in. Um, Gunther, can you explain to us what's going on there? Uh, we got a penalty I guess I don't really remember because and I don't know what I was speaking
2: about did you? <laughs> or something like this huh? you know I, I think it's all Kevin's fault you know
0: <laughs> no you were actually with Kevin on that one I know, <laughs> I, know <laughs> I, I know that one you know but I I just Not on blame him now you know yeah, yeah yeah you don't have to worry now do you um, but I'm going to give you a point because you're right it is to do with a penalty so I'll give you that any any ideas as to maybe what track you might be at can you hazard a guess I could was it Russia? It was Russia. You've just got yourself another point there. Well done. Is- and uh, and uh, you have you've missed out on the final point because unless you can remember what the penalty was for. Yeah,
2: be, uh, uh, because I said something I
0: shouldn't say, yeah? <laughs> uh, idiot,
2: to, idiot to somebody. Enough. You know? <laughs> now I remember it. I just was trying to play ignorant. You know, <laughs> I'm not this ignorant actually. <laughs> Right, okay. Two well, for points.
0: everybody who, uh, who was listening to that, indeed, of course, Kevin Magnussen who got a penalty in Russia um, for supposedly uh, not rejoining the track in the correct manner um, uh, in Russia in 2019. But he still got ninth in that race rather than eighth. I'm going to give you two points for that. Very well done. It's a strong, yeah. solid start. We'll move on to clip number two. <laughs> Have another listen to this. Kevin, the first one to come and see is me, please. Sure, no problem.
1: Oh, angry Gunter!
0: Now, did you hear that? Okay, can you tell me uh, wh- who you're talking to, and and what do you think? Uh, why why do you think you're talking to him about it?
2: Uh, it's Kevin. I talked to
0: yep, yeah correct. And
2: why? I don't remember. I, 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 he must have run into uh, uh, to Roma, I guess. Close, but uh, something like this, because otherwise. I wouldn't call him in. But I don't remember. Don't ask me where it was. I don't remember. Oh, where that was going to
0: be my next question. Okay. I'm going to give you one point because it was indeed, uh, Kevin. You were talking to Kmack uh, after his uh, very defensive driving against Roman at the Spanish Grand Prix in 2019. Do you, does that ring any bells? No, I don't remember. That was <laughs> <a brand. laughs> uh, well, you a got points. So there we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, clip number three for you. Have another listen to this. Here we go. Fucking at enough of both of you. You let that
2: fucking team down, me down, which I protected you all the time. And I'm not fucking going into who is right and who is wrong. I don't want to and he moved these that moved that all that fucking wank, you
1: know. <laughs> all that fucking wank.
0: Oh. I love that one. That was bad, huh? <laughs> It was gold, absolute gold. In fact, I, f- I forgot to say oh, this at the yeah. start. Gunther, before before you, uh, I get to answer. These, uh, um, we we put this up on our Instagram that we were, we were chatting with you, and we had lots of people um, reply saying, "Oh, it's going to be a great episode. Can't wait to hear what you say." One of them uh, likened you as uh, F one's answer to Jose Mourinho. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> how do you respond to that? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, uh,
2: that's difficult. I don't think I'm as good as him. You know, yeah, <laughs> the special one. <laughs>
0: Right. Okay. Well, back to that. So, obviously, you're quite angry there. What's uh, what's going on? Do you think? Can you give me any context?
2: Yeah, that was Silverstone. I remember this one. That was Silverstone in uh, 19. Correct. And they were running uh, at the start into each other, uh, banging off each other all the time. You know, not not once, a few times. Mm-hmm. So, and at the time, we had uh, some development parts on one car, and it was very important to finish the race, so we learned something out of it. And the only thing they could do. Uh, 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 was
0: damaging the cars (laughs) (laughs) that was their contribution to our problem you know (laughs) that's absolutely right. that's a full three points for you though so well done correct okay how many points has Crofty got so Crofty has got um, 11 so right now you need you need there's there's you need a full house there's two more questions for you you need to get a full house out of these to have a chance the good thing is you're ahead of Corinne Chaddock so we can all have, yeah. we can all smile about that not uh, okay right here is uh, your final clip have a listen to this
2: here we go uh, Omar, the last time uh, a black and gold car was on the grid it finished on the podium with you yeah so can you repeat this yeah you're no pressure you're
0: no pressure you know we are not bankrupt. we are not we are not
1: it's quite tough on that
0: Tough
1: on that. Any ideas? No. No? That is a hard one. I think. Come yeah, on. That's, difficult, that's a difficult one without the video to accompany it. Do you, you want possible. to hear it one more time? Yeah, try it. Here we go. Uh, well, Omar, the last time
2: uh, a black and gold car was on the grid, it finished on the podium with you, yeah. So can you repeat <laughs> this? you Yeah,
0: you're no pressure, you know. I being. think it's got it now. Any ideas? Uh,
2: uh, uh, I think it was at the presentation of the uh, uh, Rich Energy and because Romain was in the, Lotus, in the Lotus at the time and he was on the podium, I think I referred to that when it was in, in London somewhere at the presentation.
0: Yes, I'm going to give you a full mark for that. We've got three points in the bag. Well done. Okay, you need this bonus point. For one bonus point, here we go. Your best position so far as a team has been fifth in the Constructors' Championship um, in 2018. But how many points did you score no. Any ideas? If you get within five, I'll give it to you. Uh, Ninety-four. Oh, wait, yeah! You got ninety-three. Amazing. Well <laughs> in there.
2: Well, <laughs> Well in there. Yes, I knew I, it was close to one hundred. So
0: I said I stay in the middle. You see, that was very good. Right. Let me do the math quickly. All right. Oh, okay. Um, well, the good news is you're on. You're on the first page of the leaderboard. The bad news is. You're one point behind Crofty. He oh. you got he got 11 and you got 10. That's a
2: defeat already, You lost,
0: you know. But Gunther, thank you so much for playing Motor Mouse.
1: Well done, a very solid effort indeed. Now, we're going to turn our attention to Formula One. So um, there you are, having a nice time in rallying, working your way up the ladder. Then a certain Nicky Lauder, God rest his soul, scouts you and takes you to Jaguar Racing in Formula One. Did he have to try very hard to pull you away from rallying or did you think, nah, this is all right. Now's the time. Yeah, I think it was more the second. You know, now's the time. I mean, it seems like, and uh, when I met
2: him, I got on pretty well with him. And uh, uh, getting going into Formula One, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's uh, it's. It's quite a small group of people. I know it's still a lot of people, but uh, going in a high position, not having been there, it's very difficult. And if you want to go in, you need to have a, 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 a good mentor. And, uh, and at the time for me, it was like, well, having Nicky as a mentor, that couldn't be, He couldn't get much better than that one, uh, I must admit. So at the time, and that When I met him the first time, we stayed in touch and uh, we got on very well. And uh, once I started to work there, I knew the guy already uh, very good because I I couldn't leave immediately when we spoke the first time. So uh, as you say, it was like, yeah, uh, this is a good opportunity. Again, as I said in the beginning, you know, opportunities came along and... uh, You just need to take them.
0: A quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsors, Grid Rival. Grid Rival is an absolute must for any racing fan. I've been looking to join fantasy motorsport leagues for absolutely ages, and Grid Rival does that and so much more. With an experience like no other real time fantasy games, the best content, and a community of fans, Grid Rival is a must for 2021. Get ready for the motorsport season with Grid Rival today. Fantasy leagues are now live, so make sure you head to their website, it's gridrival.com or download their app from your app store so you can set up your own league or join ours. Just search Motormouth Official and you can join our league and go up against us if you think you're tough enough.
1: You took a little hiatus, but we're back in F1 with Red Bull Racing as Technical Operations Director, where your managerial skills started to come through more and uh, really embedding you more in the business side as well as the sporting side of of Formula 1. It was obviously sort of full circle as Red Bull had bought the Jaguar team that you were with back in 2001. How did that opportunity come about? And and was this the time when you thought, right, this is it, I'm really going to make my mark in Formula 1? And did you have any idea at that point that one day you would go on to run an entire Formula One team? No, uh, uh, there's a lot of questions. There was that a lot place. of questions, <laughs> wasn't there? That was, that was
2: <laughs> a full-on question. Let's make it not 10 minutes, let's make it a little bit shorter. So, <laughs> no, but when that, uh, how it came along, uh, uh, I got to know uh, uh, Dietrich Mateschitz in Ralling uh, uh, because we did a programme uh, in Austria yeah. uh, with, with Baumschlager. So I got to know him in 2000 and as well I stayed in touch with him and when he bought, the, uh, when he bought Jaguar uh, they got in touch with me and then the opportunity came and, and I went back in. I was at the time working in DTM for Opel and, uh, uh, and then uh, went back into uh, to Formula One. Uh, at the time, no, obviously I didn't know uh, what was coming after. I just tried to do a good job and then uh, while at Red Bull uh, uh, at some stage, uh, uh, Mr. Mateschitz came up to me and, and, and said, I did a few projects within uh, within there, uh, the takeover of Minardi and all that stuff, you know. So uh, he came to me and said, uh, we are opening a, a NASCAR team, uh, uh, obviously in the United States. He cannot do it anywhere else anyway. <laughs> are you interested to to go over there? And it, it, it was, uh, again, like a little bit of a déjà vu when I came in, 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 the, in the 90s to England, you know. It was like, okay, I've been here. Uh, I, you know, the American dream, I, 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 I think a lot of us have still got that one in us. And I was one of them because it, it was like, you know, but you could never go because you needed a job, you needed a visa and uh, with Red Bull, that was possible. So I said to, again, to my wife, uh, uh, I spoke with, uh, with Mr. Mataschitz at the kids' pool at the uh, ski race. And uh, I said to my wife, I think this is, if you want to go to the U.S., you know, to make a uh, U.S. experience for a few years, this is a good opportunity because it is, you know, it's it's a proper company, you know, it's uh, everything is back, uh, the risk is not too high and, and so on. So that is what we did. I came I came to the S, but at that time, I had no idea that uh, at some stage I would try to uh, 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 to, to establish a, a, an, an F1 team in the USA. That was not my,
0: that is not why I came here, you know. Mm. Well, how, so how did, what were the steps that led to that eventual moment then of being, of being a part of a, a successful US F1 team? Uh, it, 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 uh, I need to go a little bit back. Uh,
2: I, I left after about two years, or a little bit more than two years, uh, Red Bull. And uh, but I, 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 I had a job offer to go back to Europe. But I said no. Nah, I still want to stay a little bit longer here in the US. And uh, uh, I always also wanted my own company to have something which is my own. And then I found uh, a business path, a guy which wanted to open something as well. And uh, and uh, I, I, I opened uh, uh, my own business, which I still have got uh, uh, a composite company called Fiberworks and uh, uh, opened that one with my business partner, Joe Hoffman. And uh, I worked on it for a few years. I did it myself in the beginning, you know, because it was a startup a little bit like you guys, you know, you, uh, you spend as little as you can and and you try to go as far as, uh, as you can with what you've got. So it, 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 I got traction. And then at some stage uh, uh, there was USF1, I knew Peter Windsor, Peter uh, was over here, I ran into him out of the blue in a in a coffee shop here in North Carolina and said, what are you doing here, Peter? But at the time, Speed TV was in Charlotte, so it was all together. So he introduced me to Ken Anderson at the time, the guy which was opening up uh, uh, USF1, and I met with Ken and my company did some work for Ken, and, and then it seemed to be getting tricky. Then Bernie started to call me asking what is happening with the one you know. It just, all of a sudden, you're again in this whirlwind of Formula 1 without even trying to be in it, you know, because mm-hmm. I didn't have, I wanted to establish my company and, and do that one, you know, because that is what I wanted to do. So you get in, in the middle again, and then at some stage, the investor, Chad Hurley, called me up and said, hey, you know about Formula 1, would you help me? How could we do this? And then I did a few things uh, for him, uh, but uh, uh, in the end, yes, F1 didn't happen, but uh, I thought the idea is actually pretty good, you know, uh, because there is no yes uh, uh, F1 team and, and there is people which love racing here and maybe there's somebody, but it was an idea which wasn't like my, my sole focus. Uh, so, so I went over once to, to, to Italy to La Lara and then I, I met up with uh, Stefano Dominicali, which, which is a friend of mine and went to see him at Ferrari and to ask a little bit what is happening because I was out of Formula One, uh, uh, quite a while, uh, more than five years. So he, he brought me up to speed and I said, and at the time there was this discussion of a, uh, customer car of a third car. And we just started to speak and then I said, okay, it would be a good idea to, uh, to, to, to write a business plan to see to make this viable and to find somebody to do this. And, uh, that's what I did and went around and, uh, 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 I know a lot of people, met with a lot of people which potential and uh, uh, I didn't know uh, Gene Haas at the time I know of him obviously but in NASCAR I met uh, uh, his right hand man which ran his NASCAR team for him and uh, he lives uh, near us and I ran into him uh, uh, at some place and then I didn't ask him immediately but I phoned him up and said hey I've got this plan you you think uh, Mr. Haas could be interested in and he said I have no idea but I'm happy to let's have a coffee. And we had a coffee, you know, at the Starbucks. I presented him the plan and he said, okay, I take this to Mr. Haas, you know, uh, but I said, I don't know what Mr. Haas says. I mean, and and uh, maybe two months later, they called me up and said, Mr. Haas, because uh, Gene lives in, in California, his company's in California, so he is in Charlotte not very often. So he was in Charlotte for the NASCAR race and uh, I met up with uh, Gene and, 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 and Joe uh, for dinner uh, and I explained uh, what it was about. And then Gene seemed to be a little bit interested you know and then we, we we kept on talking you know we maybe spoke once once or twice a month and you know it just got momentum it took more than a year but at some stage gene said okay this is what i want to do get mm-hmm. it done you know and uh, it, it it all sounds and it all sounds too simple yeah. but it was pretty <laughs> yeah. simple you know because yeah. i did i mean i didn't have i did it all myself all the presentations all the uh, uh the business plan everything i did it myself i, mean, I didn't have uh, anybody doing it for me or any lawyer or nothing and then we just went uh, uh, and got it all done. Now we're in it, they say
0: it cannot be this simple. Yeah. It was. Yeah. <laughs> when when you were making that business plan, obviously there were a load of new, uh, three new teams that came into Formula One in 2010. Had you looked at those and gone right, you know, they didn't work because A, B, and C, and, and was that key to the trying to? Did you have that? Did you want that Ferrari tie-in pretty much early on when you first started the the business plan? Absolutely, and, and that was also when
2: the, and the business plan developed with Gene, obviously, you know, mm. because in the beginning it was customer cars, which de- de- then didn't happen because of the rules uh, and all that stuff. So it developed over the talks, and then at some stage, we, uh, we both realized just doing more of the same as other people uh, doesn't work. You know, at some stage, I mean, I see somebody failing, which is not these people were good. You know, it's just so complex, Formula One. So if we think we are this much smarter. And can do it. I'm not this arrogant, you know. Mm. So to say, I can do better. If if one team fails, you can say, yeah, bad bad luck or something. You know, business right time, right place. They were they got the wrong no, but there was three teams, and the fourth one was struggling. Uh, obviously, I said. Jesus I don't really know if I want to go that 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 route because why should I succeed if these people didn't so we needed to find a different way to do things and that is what we find with our model uh, with working with Ferrari together yeah. speaking uh, uh, with Charlie Whiting a lot as well how how we can do it all legally you know uh, we did it all correctly because i mean thanks God I, I I had a lot of friends there which helped me out you know because they they, they saw uh, okay This could happen and this would be good for Formula One in general, you know, coming a new team in an American team and uh, bring a a little bit uh, refreshing refreshing it up. So there was a lot of people helping on this. Stefano, uh, Charlie Whiting uh there, there was quite a few around you know mattia at the time was at ferrari as well you know in the
1: engine uh position mm. so th- th- these people helped a lot it was a, it was certainly a new way of doing things wasn't it and, and there was that sort of tag thrown around by certain members of the f1 community as sort of ferrari's b team and all this sort of stuff how, how is this relationship with ferrari developed and, and how does it work in terms of the team's life cycle so you start off with with a lot of these ferrari bits and pieces it works really well. You do well in, in your first season, comparatively speaking. And then the sort of development race begins and you've got to start making your own inroads into the sport. What, what's the relationship like now? And and what's the future for the team in, in its development cycle? Will you continue down this sort of road or is it now more in-house, if you like? No, I, I, I think it developed very nicely. I mean, for
2: sure, the, the rules were changed a little bit because uh, the, the, the biggest critics in the beginning we're uh, the first ones to copy it. Uh, to be honest, our, our model, you know. So I, I think we take a little bit of pride in that one as well. You yes. know, uh, it's like we were very heavily critiqued, and now it seems to be the way to go for even teams which are here a long time because yeah. it is such a complex uh, industry. And uh, uh, we, we, we work together with Ferrari. Uh, we, we didn't change anything. We just adapt to the to the rule changes which change. But uh, uh, we are working like this since the beginning. We always comply with the rules. We don't try to to do things you know which are legal. Because that is not correct. That is not uh, that is not why, why you do a sport. I mean, uh, if you know you are cheating, that is not nice to get up in the morning and say I want to have success by cheating. You know that is not uh, uh, the, the aim of us. So we are just adapting. But in the moment, there is no change in it uh, 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 in the foreseeable future. Obviously, by the regulation, we have to do a few things more, especially for 22 yeah. on ourselves. But uh, then other things get. Uh, uh, go the other way because there will be common parts introduced in Formula 1 so it's a little bit give and take but in general the the business model stays the same
1: and and Mm. 2022 um, should it all go ahead as planned it's a bit of a reset for Formula 1 in in a number of ways how are you feeling about it do you you see this as a, a big opportunity for you guys yeah,
2: it's a big challenge in the moment because uh, obviously last year uh, with the pandemic uh, uh, outbreak, uh, uh, we, we shut down quite heavily the, the factory uh, and the development, you know, so uh, we, we didn't do uh, uh, big developments, but uh, we, we are, I would say we are almost up on our feet again. You know, uh, we, uh, uh, we are starting with the 22 car in the wind tunnel uh, this week. So uh, 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 it's a challenge, but as you say, it's an opportunity and uh, hopefully we can uh, 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 we get it right you know uh, there is no guarantee for that you know that uh, uh, because everybody all the other nine teams will try to do the
0: same now, the last two years as well have you know we can't lie; they've been very difficult for the team, especially on a number of fronts. And and obviously, you, you've said goodbye to Kevin Magnussen and Roman Grosjean at the end of twenty twenty. How do you look back at uh, their tenure at the team? You know, obviously, uh, we as was quite well described in in the Netflix documentary. You know, you were pretty clearly the boss of them, but uh, and and we they all had everyone had their moments. It seemed, but how do you look back at it all now and their their teamwork with you and and how has developed with them as drivers up till now? No,
2: I, I think we had a great time, and I think you can
0: ask them, uh, ask both of them. Uh, uh.
2: In the end, uh, uh, you know, in a relationship, you have up and downs, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, but we always clear the air afterwards. I'm pretty, I I, I get emotional and I tell what I think. I'm I'm not sending anybody to tell you, you know, what I think. I tell you myself, you know, and I think after you get used to that, it's quite a good way forward because then you can reunite again and uh, uh, we agree, even if you agree to disagree, it's still a way forward, you know, uh, uh, head down and keep on working. And I've got, uh, good relationship still with both of them, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I talked with, with Kevin last week when he was over for the Daytona, you know, texted with him over the weekend. It was all, not always nice texts, you know, so <laughs> we were joking a lot. And uh, 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 also with Romain. Uh, uh, for example uh, he will look after our Formula uh, or Esports team not Formula 18 we are not doing a Formula 18 the Esports team you know because (laughs) he's into Esports so I ask him for some help and he's helping out you know so there's are still good uh, I mean we've got good relationships still going you know yeah uh, we know each other pretty well and then certain you, you don't push certain buttons, you know, if you know somebody, you know. So we avoid them, and, uh, but we get on very well. I think uh, uh, it, it, it is like one of these things. We fall out, but we unite again and keep on going, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But you obviously, you're already quite a well-known chap within Formula One and motorsport, but you kind of hit the mainstream, really, thanks to Netflix. What was it like being followed by them? Was it a distraction? Because it all seemed, you know, quite natural. I, I don't care.
2: <laughs> if you follow me, you know, oh, and, and, and that is what a lot of people said. A lot of the are. Oh, this is so hard work with Netflix. I was like, I actually said it in one meeting. It's not. It's not hard work for me. Uh, it takes me about ten seconds now to put the mic on, and then yeah. I, I just do my job. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't really. Uh, I, I'm not changing my my behavior, and and I think you can see that this is not played. This is yeah. this is what is going on. You know, so uh, I, I, I think that was that was the easiest job of all of them. I, yeah. I, I I would like to
0: make a living out of this just being yourself you know yeah. <laughs> I'd brilliant. say you were responsible it's... for bringing a load of new fans 100%. to Fall in the World because 100%. ever since that show along with Netflix but ever since that show and you know I think you won the hearts of a lot of you know um, casual fans yeah. I would suggest so uh, yeah uh, I hope that comes uh, back it, for next year it's
1: amazing <laughs> what Netflix can do for, for things I think uh. I've said this in a previous show Harry when the, 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 the chess thing I actually got a chessboard here. That there's that chess show on Netflix The, Queen, the mm. Queen's Gambit and the sale of chess uh, sets went through the roof and suddenly everyone's playing tournaments and it's, there's a whole new passion for it so it's certainly done good things for Formula One. Um, it would be amiss of us to to not speak about Bahrain last year um, and and the horrific crash that we saw Roman ha- and Grosjon have um, when he hit the wall and, and obviously burst into flames. Can you cast your mind back to that day and what, what were the emotions going through you when you saw that unfold? I mean, uh, uh, and, and now, because I was asked this question, obviously,
2: a lot of times, what went through and what not. I think for, for me now, the biggest emotion is when I think, like sitting here now, is when he gets out of the flames. Yeah. You, you know, you just like, because, I mean, I'm doing this long enough. And you, you see a car on fire like this, you know, if he's not coming out, he's not coming out. Yeah. There's, there, there, is no, there is no good outcome if he doesn't come out of the car, you know. So you see this big crash, you see all the because for me, the, the biggest thing is the fire. The rest, you, you know, you can get lucky, you can get unlucky, whatever. Uh, but when you see fire, and if you stay in fire, you cannot come out. It, 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 it's, it's weird. That is in my in my head. So when I see him coming out now, the motion for me now is when I see the when I see him on the screen, like I'm sitting there, he jumps out, and for me, I cannot believe this. It's real. He's okay, you know? And then, yeah, if uh, in the beginning we thought he had uh, uh, broken a, 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 a toe on his foot, you know, or something like this, it's like, yeah, I mean, that's fine, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah you're all right, buddy, you know? <laughs> uh, it's like, that, that heals, but there, because there, there, there is, uh, if he wouldn't have come out, that he wouldn't come out. You know, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to say the, the word. you know? So uh, for me, it's like, that, that is the moment I remember and uh, uh, the relief about that and then immediately, we need now to give this good message to the, to the to the team, to the world, you know, to
0: everybody. He's all right, you know. Whatever happens, he's all right. Having watched Formula One, I, th- I think I've watched Formula One since I was about twelve years old. That is the biggest crash I've That's ever seen horrific. alive, and I, I, I was actually w- I was working at Formula One headquarters at the time, watching it from the gallery and having to see from that side of things how they, you know, what what because I know they got criticised at the time for you know how often F1 replayed yeah. the shots and and things like that. And I thought, as but as you said, there, you know, they weren't showing anything until he was safe, oh, and no, then okay. it's about showing it. To the world, as you say, that God, this horrific crash, but he survived. What has that done, as well? Do you think for for reinforcing the the safety of F one again? I know it's a subject you probably touched on quite a lot, but you know, when you sit about it and look back on on the investigations that were probably ongoing now, it's it's amazing what the car did to to protect him. But also, there were there were a couple of troubling moments from that crash. Uh, absolutely, um, the,
2: the, the the safety. Measures uh, uh, put in in the last, I don't know, 20 years. I would say really hard. I mean, they 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 all work. They all help somehow. You know, you always can do better. There's always something we need to improve. Uh, I mean, that is that's in general in 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 life. In the world, but I think it's fantastic. But also the the the, the team which was there, uh, uh, Alan van der Merwe and 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 Dr. Dr. Robertson. I mean, how they got out there for me. I'm sitting, uh, when I watch it, they are there already. And if you think about it and people maybe doesn't know that they are driving behind the cars and for sure they don't have an F1 car, you know, so they're a little bit slower. I mean, they've got a good car, but they are not an F1 car until they stop, they get out. There's no time to discuss anything. You know, it needs to be natural. And they are there with doing what they are supposed to do. They had no time. It was also, uh, all because it was planned, you know, and, It was in them because they train all the time. I I think every time they go through the scenario, because after a while, if for 10 years, nothing happens, you say, yeah, why should I do this again? You know, I know about this, but you never know when you need it. And they they did a good job. I mean, it's like everybody was just contributing that this happened. I mean, the lucky thing was that he could get out of the car, that he wasn't unconscious, but put that Mm -hmm. in place, that that was lucky. The rest was that he, to make him getting lucky, the car needed to be safe. You know, he didn't get lucky uh, uh, because the car wasn't safe. No, the car was safe and that was contributing to
0: his luck. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: it's, it's an incredible story. And, and thank God mm. he's okay and, and coming back and to racing. And I think
0: he's just announced an IndyCar yeah. drive today as well. So yeah. that's very handy of him. So yeah. he's off to
1: that. Um, and y- this year, you've got a couple of rookies in the car. Uh, Mick Schumacher and Nikita Marspan. Uh, do you have, what are your expectations for the upcoming season
2: Uh, my my expectation is that they learn as much as possible to get ready for 22. We need to be uh, 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 realistic about our expectations. You know, we cannot all, uh, uh, they they need to, what what I want to get away with at, at the end of the year, I know that we took the time to, that they understand how Formula One works, that we are not making, you always will miss, make mistakes, but in 22, they will not make mistakes, rookie mistakes anymore. That is the aim, you know. We need to be conscious of that, uh, and not trying to push too hard uh, for something which isn't there anyway, because it, it's still a difficult. Uh, as much as they are prepared to get into Formula One, it's still a learning curve, you know, and uh, we, need to, we, we need to spend our time because... Uh, our car, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm not saying uh, I don't hope it is good, but for sure with the car we had last year, it wasn't very performing. So we know that we have got a little bit, uh, uh, we, we are not very strong and we have got two rookies. So uh, uh, the, the, the aim is, that is my ambition, to get, to get two guys which then in future can be world champions. Yeah, mm. yeah,
0: absolutely. It's going to be exciting. I've just got a couple more that I want to throw in before we we, we end uh, our chat, Gunther. And that is to do, one of the first ones with Pietro Fitzpaldi. of course. He he did a pretty solid job for you guys filling in for Grosjean. Is he remaining part of the team or is that still up for discussion?
2: We uh, are discussing is as we speak. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I spoke with, uh, I think I called him up on Sunday after... His brother won the uh, uh, yeah, virtual GP. Yeah, they yeah. race and he finished fifth. You know, I just spoke with him briefly and uh, I, I'm working on that uh,
0: with him in the moment. So, uh, you know, he just lives 15 minutes from me anyway. So... Nice. And what do you think? You know, perhaps it's a bit of a big question, so I'm not expecting, you know, a, a full answer here. But what do you think, with all your years of experience, what do you think is missing from Formula One? What what and, and what does the future hold for it? What do you think it needs to be able to, to have a a long-term future? Because that question we talked about it off there, that question is just being asked constantly, you know, generationally, but also with the rise of electronic and hydrogen powered cars. What what do you think it's missing to to be able to hang on to a long-term future? I think what, what what I get from people, I think people there's still a lot of people
2: loving, liking uh, Formula One. Even younger people, are, uh, the audience is getting younger, which is uh, amazing, amazingly good. Uh, I think what we need to get to is uh, to have a more level playing field. And uh, it maybe I, I could be uh, I could be said, oh, you just speak for yourself because you're not uh, you're not uh, performing. But it, it, it's very difficult if you are working in it and you're a small team to perform with the big teams, it's just not possible. If somebody's got three times the budget, it's just not possible. You can do your best. You cannot be this talented to, to, to overcome this. But I think a lot has been done uh, with the budget cup, uh, uh, you know, because now uh, nobody can outspend you. You know, the big teams still outspend us, for example, by, by, uh, uh, 20 percent, but it's not 300 percent. You know, mm-hmm, it's, yeah. it's a different dimension now. So that is getting already better. Uh, I, I think we, we need to make sure that the engines, at some stage, that they are uh, that we have a little bit more a level playing field. Because can you imagine Formula One like uh, uh, I wouldn't say. Anybody can win at any time. That will never happen. You will have teams which are one year good and, and back, but you always can make a comeback story, you know, which is always great comeback stories. You know, it keeps it interesting. You know, you attract a lot of uh, of enthusiasts for one team and, and stuff like this. Then that team goes, falls back. But if you can keep it competitive, that you could in, in 10 years, there could be five different world championship teams. It would be fantastic. I mean, it would change the appeal to people in my opinion, you know. That's my opinion about it, you know, because in the moment it is a little bit, uh, you know, and I shouldn't be critical, but uh, we need to be honest as well. Uh, It is, we have got seven years in a row of the same team winning, you know. Uh, Things are getting old and I'm saying they're doing a great job. I mean, I would not never say that what what, what Mercedes is doing is not a great job. You know, I would never, they put themselves in their position. But... uh, 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 As a group, as a business, it needs to be, there needs to be a little bit of uh, a rethink on that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 And I think we can even grow the sport. The, 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 the spectators.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just have to look at if you watch the, the IMSA Daytona race and how close those those LMP cars were after our t- 24 hours, you know, the, yeah. the top three were still within about 10 seconds of each other. top two were in about six seconds of each other. That's kind of, you know, that's endurance racing and that was more exciting, I think, than some of the F1 races we've had in the past seven years. Yeah. So I completely agree with that. So it's great to get your thoughts there.
1: Now we have final three questions for you, relatively quick fire ones that we ask all of our guests and they throw up all sorts of different answers. You can answer them in any way you wish. Question number one is what has you excited at this very moment?
0: Life. (laughs) Ah, just high on life. Look at that. (laughs) What a lovely answer. Uh, Okay, if not doing what you're doing, working in motorsport, what would you have done? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything Not else perfect. I told you before, the off-wrecker, I mean, that's the only thing I know what to do. I don't know what I've done. No idea. <laughs> No idea, but well, as a lot of people say they, they never had a, B, a you know a, a B a plan B. So that's how that's how you do it. I, I don't um, have a plan A just start offering, Yeah, you know I mean, it just happens, totally you with know. you. So, uh, just, just everything happens, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm totally uh, with you. You just sort of bumble along in life and hope things are going to be okay. Correct, that's, yeah, that's just got, bump into it. You know, it's got my name all <laughs> over it. Uh, the f- final question for you, um, and this is our very highbrow question: uh, What Gunther Steiner are you scared of?
2: actually I mean the only thing that I could be scared of is uh, is illness or something happened to my family nothing else I mean you know I never I, I never was scared and never had money you know so you know no yeah. fear no money you know but uh, the only thing but what uh, what, uh really would scare me is uh, uh, the health of, of me and my
1: family perfect very yeah. very nice answer well listen thank you so so much for joining us I just want to say as well um, and we, we weren't recording at the time but at, at the front of the show um, uh, before we hit record um, Gunther was asking us a lot of questions and showing a great deal of interest in in us and, and Harry and I and Motormouth so thank you for that I think you're one of the very few that we've had on the show who have actually um, taken the time out of their, their busy days to, to ask us some questions so uh, thank you very much for that it means a lot and um, it's been a pleasure having you on for the last hour or so all the best um, for the upcoming season and uh, and the next couple of years in Formula 1 with Haas we hope to see you up there and getting some podiums perhaps in the next couple of years with the rule changes coming in good luck to your new drivers to Steiner thank you very much for joining us on the Motormouth podcast
2: thank you guys thank you appreciate it thank you
0: before you go, one final reminder to check out the team at Grid Rival, the place to be for the 2021 motorsport season. If you think you really know your F1 and MotoGP, fancy yourself at making a bit of extra cash, setting up your own or joining a fantasy league, and making sure you have the best driver lineups for each race, all whilst getting access to the best motorsport content and chatting to like-minded fans, then Grid Rival is the place for you. Leagues go live at the end of February, so make sure you're at the front of the you by getting notified as soon as they're ready by heading over to their website gridrival.com or download their app from your selected app store and get prepped for a brand new season of motorsport with Grid Rival. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials Twitter at motormouth underscore Instagram at motormouth underscore official and Facebook just search Motormouth. You can also download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile to interact with other the fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy we're also proud to be supporting the brain tumor charity too so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumors quicker don't forget to like subscribe and review and until next time you've been listening to the motormouth podcast